0: The Lifestylist, episode 55, featuring Travis Brewer. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. There's something happening to your brain right now. You know what it is? The voice of your host, Luke stories coming at you through your eardrums here to bring you another episode. Yes, yet another episode of The Lifestylist Podcast. And today is a really fun one, a really special one because it's focused on movement and fitness, which is something I haven't talked a lot about. I did interview Katie Bowman a while back. If you are into this kind of thing, you probably want to catch that. But this is like, a really, really special episode if you're into fitness and movement because the guy that I interview, Travis Brewer, is a beast of a mover. This guy is literally like a human monkey. And that's why I called this Confessions of a Fitness Ninja because he really moves like a ninja. It's incredible if you watch him on YouTube or Instagram. So this is the story of how Travis became one of the most popular natural movement performers in the world. Some of the things we cover in the interview are as follows. How Travis combined elements of acro yoga, parkour, functional movement training, animal-based movements, and calisthenics to create his own system called Ninja Flow. And we talk about the power of certain numbers, the importance of gratitude. There's actually a lot of stuff in here, now that I think about it, that's not fitness, but more about mindset. Because Travis is also a really big personal development guy. He's just a really cool conscious dude. So, we do talk about some inside stuff as well as the physical. How losing his high paying job in the real estate world led to becoming a fitness TV star. How the book Autobiography of a Yogi transformed Travis's life. And it's interesting because that has been a book that's been mentioned by many of our guests. So, it's cool to get his take on that. How the lessons of self realization and meditation moved him in the direction of fitness and movement. How Travis landed a gig on the hit TV show American Ninja Warrior on NBC. The importance of remaining teachable in your body, mind, and spirit. Connecting your mind and body to achieve a flow state. In other words, how do we make those two things talk to each other and work in unison in step? Why the first step in fitness is actually strengthening your core and opening your hips. And then Travis gives me a live lesson during the interview, because we did this one in person, on something called the ape crawl, which is pretty cool. How climbing trees and signposts can become the foundation of a super fit body. Who knew? You don't actually need a gym. You just need the streets, baby, or the woods, if the case may be. The idea that the world we live in can become your gym is something we talk a lot about, which is really cool because I can't stand going in a gym. I do go into Story Fitness, my brother's gym, but it's not like a normal gym. It's super chill and fun, unlike like, those gyms where is cranking and it smells like chemicals. Exploring the power of ice baths and infrared saunas, why he became vegan for a year, but more importantly, why he stopped the best fats to eat for energy, and then finally, how Travis beat stage fright on national TV and how to overcome all of our fears. So as you can see, this episode is action-packed. As I said, there's a lot of inner game stuff and there's a lot of very practical stuff in terms of how to take care of your body, how to become strong, to look good, and to feel good. So listen up, y'all, and if you know someone who wants to learn how to move, forward this, share this with a friend. I appreciate you listening. A massive part of my health strategy is the ingestion on a regular basis of medicinal herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And my primary source for those is a company called Four Sigmatic. If you remember way back in the day in episode eight, I had a guest by the name of Taro Isacapula from this company. And we talked all about the power of these amazing herbs and mushrooms. Well, Four Sigmatic do a great job of making them not only potent, but also convenient and delicious. So they make these little packets of herbs that you add to hot water, cold water, or bulletproof coffee, whatever your recipe is. I make them with all kinds of different stuff all the time. It makes a really easy way to get this stuff into your body. And these are herbs that have a real effect on you. It's very powerful stuff. So go to foursigmatic.com, but wait, I'm gonna hook it up when you get to foursigmatic.com Enter the code THELIFESTYLIST at checkout to save 15% off your order. So you can get things like reishi mushrooms, chaga mushrooms, cordyceps, lion's mane, ashwagandha, all the good stuff that really works. So go to 4sigmatic.com, enter the code THELIFESTYLIST and save 15% off your order. Hey, I've got a cool feature at LukeStory.com to tell you about. It's our support page. You can go to LukeStory.com forward slash support And there you will find three quick and easy ways to make a monetary pledge to help support the cost of the podcast. You can pay with a credit card, PayPal, or even go on Patreon through the link there where you can make a monthly pledge for as little as $2 and receive exclusive rewards every damn month, okay? So go to lukestory.com forward slash support and do whatever you can to help contribute to the show. And if you just want to listen, that's a great contribution as well. Thank you so much for your support. Travis Brewer is a fitness ninja and entrepreneur on a mission to spread positive energy through movement. His dedication to movement has led him to become a finalist on the hit TV show, American Ninja Warrior on NBC, and to perform on the TV show, Shark Tank on ABC. He is certified as an instructor in animal flow, Arco Yoga Fitness, and was requested as a featured parkour instructor on the Tim Ferriss experiment by Tim himself. Travis's other passion is philanthropy and inspiring others to move toward their passion. He's also a leading expert on the new Deepak Chopra app, Jio. Travis is sponsored by the superfood company Sun Warrior, as well as Parsley Health, a groundbreaking new medical practice. He's the founder of his own motivational lifestyle brand, PrimalMovement.Ninja, which helps raise money and awareness for fitness parks and playgrounds around the world. So here we are with Travis Brewer. You guys, welcome to the show, Travis. Hey, What's the sound I'm hearing? So that was my alarm going off. It's 314 right now. And uh,
1: 314 is a magical number to me because it's the the digits of Pi, the first uh, three digits of the number Pi. And Pi is such a magical number. It's, you know, what kind of helped shape the universe, you know, it's like never-ending, transcendental number. And through my stories and meditation and life, I realized that Pi is this magic number and I wanted to like influence and it was a big part of my life. So, every day at 314, I take a minute of gratitude. And I figured that if we take a minute of gratitude, and and teach that story to every person, and they hopefully teach someone, you know, never-ending minute of gratitude, the world will be a better place. And so, I'm grateful to be on this podcast and uh, to have met you today and uh, to be moving forward on this journey. So, I wanted to take this minute of gratitude before we get started, and then we can dive deeper. So, that's
0: awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And I express that same gratitude to you. Rock on. I think that this is like, like meditation and yoga and different spiritual teachings and modalities that have become kind of trendy and buzzwords. Gratitude is one of those. Yeah. And it's one that I welcome. I'm like, please, I want the whole world to like... Brag about how much sleep they're getting, how deep their sleep is, and how grateful they are because it really is a game changer. So thank you for that. So no everyone knows three fourteen. That's yeah. the moment.
1: That's it's a magical number for me. And then it's eleven eleven. It's your birth date, whatever it might be for anyone else. But uh, you know, take a minute of gratitude. I, I encourage anyone to choose whatever minute special to them in that day, and you'll find. That the magic will start coming to you. Something will always be happening at that moment. Like I didn't plan for us to meet at 3.14 to start a podcast. We were supposed to do two to three o'clock, you know, and then it just things, the universe shifted and changed. And like, it's crazy that this was happening right now for a reason. So, you know, you find yourself in the most magical things if you just set yourself an alarm clock once through the day and the universe will send you love and gratitude back. So
0: Tight, yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, so... I've watched some of your videos. I've seen some of the things you do. You're a human being that has an incredible mastery over your body, and you're able to do things that, to me, seem like on one level shouldn't be possible. <laughs> you know? It's like, like I was watching one of your videos today in preparation for this interview, and I'm looking at you, and here's the thought that my mind had. My mind went, oh, I couldn't do that because I'm 6'2", and my limbs are too long, so that movement would never work just in terms of the geometry of my body, it wouldn't. And and then I saw, oh, that's a limiting belief, you know? So how did you get into the movement practices in the beginning, like the fitness world? What's the, the, you know, the short progression of that to this guy who's able to, you know, jump across buildings and do the crazy things that we're about to cover?
1: Yeah, you know, it's crazy. When I was a, a little kid, I definitely loved to move and, you know, was the wild ADD kid of the, you know, in the elementary school. So my mom's like, you know, I'm gonna put you in gymnastics, you know? So I did gymnastics for a little while, but that was definitely not the path that was meant for me. I quit in, at the end of elementary school going into uh, middle school and it was too rigorous. You know, You had it was very strict and I was like, there was no creativity in gymnastics. And so I wanted to do other sports and I grew up in Texas, ironically enough, and football is huge in Texas. So I wanted to play f- football and I played soccer and I ran track and I wanted to end up playing in college. It was my, my dream, I just loved sports and I ended up blowing my knee out. And I tore my ACL, LCL, PCL, and all the nerves in my knee. And the doctor was like, there's a chance you could never walk again. You definitely will never play sports or do anything active again. And my life was, like, devastated. You know, I, I felt that I was, you know, limited by by what the doctor told me. And, and I was like, you know what? I don't believe what you're saying, and I'm going to prove you wrong. And so I tried to come back as faster, stronger, uh, better and I did that, except I came back too fast, and my freshman year of high school, or of college, I'm sorry, and it blew my knee out again, and then again in my sophomore year. So I was like devastated. What do I do? And kind of life took me through a whirlwind. You know, I ended up, you know, joining a fraternity, thinking that was the answer. That wasn't the answer. I ended up getting, you know. Uh, graduating um, and and uh, working in you know a job that would make you successful, which you know society tells you is just make a lot of money and you'll be successful and happy. So I worked a job in commercial real estate and did that for like four years, and I was like, you know what, this I'm not happy. And but I was too loyal to to quit my job. Uh, and fortunately, in around 2008, 2009, the market crashed. You know, a huge market crash, and I lost my job. And and I was at that moment where I was like, you know what? There's something bigger and better out there for me. I was like 28 at the time, uh, turning 29. I was like, you know what? I want to set a goal. By the time of 30, I want to figure out what I'm really supposed to be doing in my life. And, you know, so many people go through this all the time. Like, hey, I'm not either a dead-end job or a job that doesn't make me happy or, uh, you know, my fitness level is not where it's at. And I was there completely. I was like, you know, I'm not happy with where I am fitness. I'm not happy whether I'm in health or my occupation, and I want to make a switch. And so I didn't know what to do. So I started reading. I started researching. And um, you know, I, I was decided, since I didn't know that answer, I'm going to go back to grad school. And I ended up getting a, my MBA um, at Pepperdine. And while doing that, I was like, you know, this is great, but this isn't giving me the answer of what I'm learning in school. So I read a book. And this is right when Steve Jobs had died. I read the Steve Jobs book. His, and And I really didn't get much takeaway except for that he took a sabbatical to India and he had a book that he read through India and that, that he also uh, was the same book that he gave to everyone when he died. And it was the one book on his iPad and it was Autobiography of a Yogi. And so, I read this book and that changed my life. Autobiography of Yogi was, for those who don't know, is a story about a guru from India named Paramahansa Yogananda. And he was bringing his practice, Kriya Yoga and the Self-Realization Fellowship to the US. And Ended up, he opened up a temple in Malibu, uh, right on the PCH. Which is a
0: fantastically beautiful place to visit. If if anyone's ever in LA, this is like a little known secret. It's called the Lake Shrine. It's fantastic. It's
1: amazing. And so I I went to the shrine and I was like, you know, just looking for answers. Just looking for peace, you know, looking for, and he has these studies that you can do his lessons. It's about three and a half years, uh, all said and done, a weekly lesson plan. I was like, well, I'm already in school. What's another class? You know? So I started doing that. And the lessons plans completely changed my life. Nothing I really learned in grad school was the answer. It was great confidence and networking for sure. But uh, this is what I think really helped me. I was just like, you know, and to paraphrase what the lessons are, it, it teaches you like uh, to self-realize that we all have a special gift in the world and that, you know, to share it with the world. And that is your contribution to the world. And that you've reached self-actualization and self-realization and you share that. And I was like, well, shoot, what am I good at? I was like, you know what I love more than anything? What makes me happier than anything is moving. I love movement. And through meditation, I realized that movement is my medium and I love fitness and philanthropy. So how do I add those together to make something? And that was all I knew. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. I didn't know the answer, but I just like, I'm going to go down to Muscle Beach and just start moving. (laughs) And I started doing that the day I graduated at Pepperdine. I, I went down there. My parents were like, you know, took me to graduation you know do you want to go to a nice dinner do you want to go to Disneyland what do you want to do and I was like I I want to go to Muscle Beach and I want to move
0: you're like I want to play on the monkey bars yeah I'll play, but seriously <laughs> that's why I want to
1: play on the monkey bars and I was like they're like you know they thought like oh you got your degree now you're going to go you know be a broker for this company or you know a manager for this and I was like no I want to just move on the monkey bars, and who would have thought that I could actually make a living moving on monkey bars, but, you know, fast forward four years, that's actually what I do now, but at the time, I had no clue, but I knew that this was what made me happy, and if I could do this and be happy, then that's what really all that matters is be happy, and then the universe will give you the answers to provide for you, so I started moving on monkey bars and started playing around, and I was like, you know, I'm going to start a clothing line that gives back to the, to others through 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 philanthropy and through and I can do it with fitness I can work out in them, so I started a clothing line that sells ninja pants, and I decided to call it the uh, Positive Impact Movement or Is that what you're wearing pie. right now? Yeah, and that's oh, what I'm wearing. Tight. right now. That's funny. When yeah. you sat
0: down, I was like, dude, those are sick. They look because they don't look like sweats and they don't look like jeans. i I always wear stretch denim yeah. so I can move around, but I can't move like that. Anymore. No, you, you can know?
1: you can do whatever you want in these yeah. pants, and that was my problem. It was like I wanted pants that would look nice. Oh, excuse me um, that would look nice but would was that a reminder that the gratitude moment was over <laughs> yeah. gratitude well pro- that was me accident- <laughs> accidentally pressing the 10 minute snooze button instead of stop so <laughs> that's cool that's um, but cool. Yeah, I'm still grateful to this day so thank you but I decided in some pants that could be you know worn at business casual lunch or it could be worn out to uh, on the beach and working out and so I decided to sell Ninja Pants and you know how do you make a positive impact through movement is uh, start a company called Pi Movement and uh, we sell Ninja Pants and we give 3.14% or pie back to building more parks and playgrounds. And so that's what I started on the journey. And then from there, uh, working through that and working out my clothes, I got discovered to be on the TV show called American Ninja Warrior and did that. And you've done how many seasons of that? I did four seasons in a row. Wow. As well as uh, the inaugural season for Team Ninja Warrior where they kind of take the all-stars from Ninja Warrior and put us on teams. So I did that. And then I also ended up doing these uh, calisthenic bar competitions. And I ended up becoming the top-ranked guy in the US in these calisthenic competitions. I was the uh, Battle of the Bars champion like uh, the main event that they had and they would get the people from all over the world to come compete. And so I did that, which was interesting and, and then realized that competition is not what really drives me, but just moving. And so really just been started to create more content and also teaching others. And so I've started doing more workshops and more retreats. And, and then from there it's actually going to start creating more content of like how to move. Cause I think one of the questions you were, you were, uh, we were talking about in the elevator coming up was, uh, progression. Someone sees you jumping from one building to another and w- what if they do that and they hurt themselves? And I was like, well, I want to teach you that, Hey, that's not how I started. I didn't start jumping from roofs. I started jumping from, you know, one curb to another, you know, and then from one bench to another. And then, you know, like... Progressingly getting the height a little bit higher each time and then the distance a little bit higher. Every person has to start from the bottom, you know? Well, that,
0: I think that question for me popped in my mind and this is like, you know what, four or five years you're hitting this stuff heavy now. Is yeah. that right? Okay. That's, so in that correct. timeline where we just went was like, cool, graduating school, your parents come out, you want to go down to Muscle Beach and screw around in the monkey bars. <laughs> then you're like this all-star TV star on a show <laughs> for five, or six seasons. And then like, you know, end up being in the elite of that. Like, during that whole, like, how did you get the sk- Did your gymnastics background alone get you on that show? Were you qualified to make it through the obstacle courses and things like that in, in Excel? Or, you know, you know, where did you get the specialized skills? Yeah, good question. So
1: it was determination. You know, at the end of the day, like, I definitely have some sort of, you know, a background. But, you know, I would honestly say mostly self-taught. And basically, around four years ago, there was a, a parkour gym that opened up in LA. And I was like, that sounds cool. I want to do parkour. I don't know anything about it, but I want to do it. And so I was just passionate about moving. So I'd go to the gym and I would just find the best people there and I would just try to mimic their movements, you know, and I would do what they're doing. And, you know, maybe if they would notice me, I would like talk to them and be like, oh, how did you do this movement? Or, or I would just study them, you know, just like, and I would do the same thing with calisthenics with the bar group. And it's interesting how I got on Ninja Warrior was essentially doing that. I was at a parkour gym, mimicking the best guy and some guy comes up to me he goes hey do you know you know who you're you know, you're going trick for trick with and, you know i was like no i don't know who that is oh it's justin mcgrath he was the, he's gone the second farthest ever on american ninja warrior at the time and i was like whoa cool he's like he wants to know if you're trying out for the show i was like i i don't know anything about it you know i don't really watch tv he's like oh well we can get you on he knows the producers and uh, he's friends with a lot of guys we can try to get you a walk-on spot and i was like oh cool. I was like, I'll go watch it. Where is it? It's in Venice. Sweet. I live right down the street. So I luckily ended up getting on the show as a walk-on being friends where they had a, it was a coincidence where like they they have all these walk-ons where they allow like, you know, basically the first, the people camp in line, like hundred people wait in line and they'll let the first 15 or 20 on. So they went, all those people on the first day and I was walking, watching the second day. And it just by coincidence, someone had actually, one of the equipment pieces had broke and they didn't get to finish the last like 15 people the first day so they had to run people the second day so they're like at the end they're like hey we got some extra slots have your buddy try and run it see if the you know this obstacle's broken let's you know let's make sure it's working now and I ran it beat that obstacle and ran through the whole thing and made the made it to the next round And they're like oh well your buddy's pretty good and that's how luckily I ended up on the show for a couple years and
0: that's amazing. So it was just one of those chance meetings like chance meetings. you're doing your you're doing your timed gratitude moment, you're doing things like that, you're having an intention to do something you love, and then the universe sees fit to just go boink, boink, put you and another person in the same place at the same time. Totally. It, isn't that weird? Like what if that guy that you're you know was observing you going move for move with this badass? What if he just didn't happen to even mention that to you today that day and was just like, Oh, that guy seems cool, whatever, totally. and just walked out. Totally. My, like life that would, one introduction. my life would
1: have been totally different. Yeah. Same thing with Calastra. Calisthenics. So literally, uh, like I said, the day I graduated, my parents were like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, oh, "No joke. I, this is what I want. I want to go play on the monkey bars." And my parents were like, "Kind of weird, you know?" But cool. And so we went down there. And that day, there's this amazing calisthenic athlete. His name's Frank Madrano. He's got millions of followers on Facebook now, and uh, has some viral videos on YouTube, millions and millions of views. And but he was this unknown calisthenic guy. And same with this guy, Progressive Calisthenics, and a guy named Prove It on Instagram. And they've all become superheroes in their own right. And that day, just coincidentally, they had come down to Muscle Beach the same time I was there for graduation. They're like, hey, we're starting a calisthenics crew. They're doing these pull-ups and handstands on the bars. And I was like, I can do pull-ups like that. I can swing off the bar like that. I want to learn how to do the stuff you're doing. They're like, oh, cool. Well, you know, we have these requirements to be a part. There's like, almost like a pull-up gang, you know, like, you know, like we have these requirements, you know, if you can, if you want to be a part of the group, you have to be able to do these, like, these requirements, you know, it's like, 30 pull-ups, you know, like uh 30 push-ups, um, you know, five pistol squats on each leg, 30 it, pull-ups. I'm yeah.
0: already like uh, I'm out. I'm disqualified, yeah, <laughs> you know, like some crazy
1: stuff like that. And then like uh, you know, and you have like a, a if you can do it under 5 minutes, you know, you're in. And it, like five muscle-ups or something like that. I was like, "Whoa. I'm going to I'm going to go home and try this." And so I went and tried it and they're like they're like, "Yeah, Frank Madrano did it in 4 minutes." And I was like, "Whoa. All right. So I did it and I was able to do it in just under four minutes. And they're like, whoa, this guy's pretty talented. You should come train with us. And, and we do these expos and we go to these, the largest fitness expos in the world. And we show the, the strength and progressions of like what a human body can do. And these guys are like super elite. And I was like, oh wow. I just kind of like somehow like luckily made my way onto like the all-star team of fitness. And I don't know how. And so I just started training with these guys every day. Like the, As soon as I graduated from grad school, I started training with these guys. All the time, and that was my study for like three years, just training with these guys. I was definitely not the best, but I was like, you know, I don't want to be like these guys, and like they've all, in their own right, have become like superstars. And you know, I've I've got to be on a couple different shows and some other things, and it's been really beautiful. But talk about coincidence, you know? let talk about just being gratitude. Be like, hey, look, do what you're supposed to be doing in life, and the universe will put the right people in front of you or the right environment
0: or the right situation. And yeah, that it's interesting too because you just prove such a powerful principle and that is having, you know, even though it sort of happened in a serendipitous what's that word, serendip- I lost yeah, the word. serendipitous serendipitous. Yeah. way yeah, right yeah, yeah. and the stars just kind of align but it's the principle of be- being the dumbest guy in the room oh, it's yeah. like you don't want to be the most badass guy in your fitness crew you want to no. be the lowest man exactly. on the totem pole yeah, yeah. with a bunch of as you said these elite guys yeah. I-, I love that concept I'm always striving to be like the least knowledgeable in a group of oh, people, yeah. you know? And then comes your time to teach too. I'm sure, you know, you're training, you're teaching, you know, I'm sure you have amazing programs that are lined up and all this stuff. So you're going to be one of those guys that's, you know, totally. has achieved a certain level of um of greatness yourself that you can pass on.
1: Absolutely. And I think another valuable lesson is never stop being a student. You know, no matter what level you have reached, you, once the, the day that you, you think you are not, student is the day that you really, you know, you fail, I think. It's like, you can be a teacher and a student at the same time. And like, I I, I teach more now, but I'm always learning. I now learn from my students, you know, like I learn how to be a better teacher or I learn how to move or, you know, like teach different progressions. And so, uh, that's what I love is like, there's never ending knowledge to learn within movement or within life, really. You know, it's like, and I think what's so beautiful is that mastering movement is just one discipline because like, the mastery of movement is what also unlocks, I think, you know, is helpful for the mind and for the spirit as well. You know, it's that mind-body-spirit connection. And you really want to be able to hone all three of those to really be, you know, centered within within your life and with the universe. And so that's what I really enjoy now is like teaching movement, but also like, let's get a mental workout while we move. You know, like if we're doing like a pull-up, for example, like let's get to a level where we can maybe do a clapping pull-up where we have to clap and catch the bar. And then we have to think about what we're doing. Or like, if we're doing like squats, like let's do squats on a balance beam. Let's try to walk backwards and then do a squat. Like why? But like, why not? You know, like think about it. Or it's like, I was just down in the hall, like there was a girl on an indo board and I have these little like socks with sand in them, you know, these little, and we're like, let's, let's learn to try to juggle or swing them around clockwise and counterclockwise. Try to catch them while you're an indo board. Think about why you move. And that's what brought me to working with this amazing group called the flow genome project and it's really about mind and body and peak performance and getting into flow states and when you really get into the you know like where time stands still and you're in the flow and that's where the mind and body are like pumping and working completely that's what i really think fuels the soul and spirit will come back and like help guide you where you need to be and like that that's the connection and the things that excite me so much now and so it's you know it's a never-ending practice you know we it's exciting So So
0: say for a guy, because I like that you're using the word progression, and you you kind of explained your progression and studying under some of these badasses and then kind of coming into your own. Say you take on one end of the paradigm, you've got someone whose goal is to do yoga and become more flexible. Yeah. And then on the other end of the kind of gym rat, Mm -hmm. 80s gym rat paradigm (laughs) that just wants to get ripped and just get big gains and power lift and all of that, it's like there seems to be in in different areas of fitness kind of an imbalance. Yeah. And and recently, I mean, I've noticed in the past couple of years, and I'm by all means mostly a bystander because yeah. I've just never been as into fitness as I would like. I'm, I'm getting there and I'm learning, applying more. But you have like your flexi bendy people that want to be flexible and do yoga yeah. poses on Instagram. And then you have like your super ripped gym rat guys that are on the creatine and the protein yeah. powder and, rah, and the amino acids and they're doing that thing. Where do you see this going, and how does one kind of achieve balance between having a functional body and functional joints, and then also being able to strength train safely? Like, what's the new paradigm as you see it? Uh, that's what's so super exciting to me is like uh, w- with a couple
1: different fads of movement, like you know, Ninja Warrior has become you know exploded in the, in, in recent you know pop culture, and I think that has really obtained and helped kids and, and adults strive for more functional movement. And I think also uh, like with with the rise of like parkour being coming more you know uh, more popular as well as like calisthenics and I'm certified in what's called animal flow and there's there's a new like uh, energy coming out uh, and a new movement that I'm I'm super excited about and I do a lot of work with is called acro yoga and that combines acrobatics with the the yoga practice and a lot of it's partner based so it's like partner based yoga where you actually would be doing like um, you know like a plank. On someone's feet, for example. So it's like you know, it's like when you're a little kid and uh, you know your dad would fly you an airplane. You know, it's like and you balance on your feet. Like that's the, one of the beginning moves of acro yoga. And what's so beautiful about acro yoga is it now teaches you to be trusting within your body, but also with someone else. And so it's really good for interpersonal communication and development, teamwork, and 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 how to function within yourself and with with other people. Yoga is such a like self practice, which is like, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I love yoga and I do a lot of yoga, but I think kind of, I think what I feel is like an next evolution is like, yeah, you're, you're, you've centered yourself, but can you work with others? You know? And like, it's it's such a great practice. And so check out Acro Yoga online or uh, acroyoga.org. My friend Jason Niemer is one of the co-founders and it's such a beautiful practice that's exploding all over the world. And I see all these different types of movements all kind of coming together now. And uh, that's what excites me is the functional movement training. And that, like that's kind of where I enjoy teaching kind of like a functional movement and what I call ninja flow, combining animal-based movements with acro yoga, with parkour, and with calisthenics mixed all together into what you know, I call ninja flow.
0: Well, it's, it's funny, too, that, to think about, you know, I, like when you say the word animal movement, I don't even know yeah, what that is. I'm going to look into it please, now. We're going to put it in the show notes. But when you say that, that's the thing my ears go like, ding, ding, ding. Like, I immediately start to listen. Because I identify that I am an animal. And I oh, think absolutely. that. Oh,
1: absolutely. We all have a spirit. That so many human yeah.
0: beings, you know, uh, we forget because we're either caught in the spiritual realm and we ignore that we're in an animal meat suit body mm-hmm. or we're in the intellectual realm of the mind and thinking and linear processes. And we forget that we are an animal body. And I think, in terms of movement, what resonates with me is like, identifying that you're an ape. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. my friend Daniel Vitalis, we're on each other's shows a lot, and he's all into rewilding, you know? And if you haven't heard of his of stuff, course, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think you love him. But he always talks about, you know, how to move the human ape body around, you know? And that that type of movement makes such sense to me. And I think that's one of the reasons, intuitively, personally, being a guy that, you know, I came from the music industry and the fashion industry, when I was a kid, you were either a jock or a stoner, and mm. I was a stoner, and I hated jocks because I was skinny and not tough and wasn't badass and I couldn't lift weights. But I think beyond even just the social differences between me and the other kids and feeling weaker and different, it just never made sense to me to sit in one place and repeat a movement over yeah, and over absolutely. again It's like, what apes just sit there and grab mm. a log and lift it up and down. No, there's what are they doing? They're swinging around. Mm. They're swinging on vines. They're jumping from one thing to another. I mean, they're really moving in ways. Yeah. Uh, ways in which you move, you know, when you when you Google you, all you see is like you jumping around like a goddamn monkey. Yeah. but you're in an urban environment or whatever, like in a parkour setting. So, I like the concept of like how is the human body meant to move? Oh. Yeah. then improving upon that. Like you want to add strength to a body that functions, like has joints that function and things like that. That makes total sense to me. But how do you take a guy like me that's 45 and as you know, I've done a bit of yoga. I do trail running. I swim. I mean, I'm active and I move my body a lot, but not necessarily in an intelligent way. So say I see you on YouTube and I'm like, oh my God, I don't care about my abs. I care about being able to move how you move because there's such an inherent freedom in that. It looks so fun. But it, how? where would I start in terms of the progression if I just wanted to start today to get to where you are in terms of your capacity to move?
1: You're in luck. We're going to do something right now. I know you guys are on a podcast. You won't be able to see it. But what I'm going to teach you is the ABCs of animal flow. Real okay. quick. And okay. the first one for A is ape. So okay. stand up. Okay. And
0: so I'm going it, to try yeah. not to bump our mics or yeah, disconnect yeah, yeah. anything here. But so you guys are on, along for the ride.
1: It's super simple. So we're, 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 we're just standing up here for a visualization. And all we're just going to do is we're just going to squat down. And squat all the way down, yeah, and to the ground here. And so basically, we're kind of like uh, like you're taking a poop, basically, you know. But and like this is how you should poop. By yeah, the way. <laughs> and this is how you should poop. But uh, there's a really great movement artist guy named Ido Portal, and uh, he, you know, he talks about how like in you know in Western cultures we 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 don't really sit like this. We all sit at our you know at our desks, and 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 we are this is uncomfortable for a lot of people. And so I took a challenge where I sat like this for 30 minutes, for 30 days. And, you know, would break it up because I could only do it for, you know, maybe two minutes at a time uh, when I first started. And then I can now, I could sit like this for 30 minutes now. But it was a challenge. And so what this does is this opens up our hips and this allows us to get, and this helps alleviate back pain. But it's also like moving up onto our toes and back down into, here, into this.
0: This is I, how I'm doing this with him, by the way, you guys. Yeah. I'm starting to freak out and he's very calm. Yeah. I can feel my hips screaming They're like, uh, we're not this open, yeah. you jerk. What are you doing to us? And
1: so this is a, like a, a challenge that would, anyone could do. You know, it's like, even if you're working at a desk, like do this, you know, you might be able to do it for a minute at a time, do for do 30 minute sessions, you know, uh, but do, do this as a challenge and this will open up your hips, which opens up your body and strengthens your core. And that's what's so important. It's like, I, I highly recommend it's like functional movement training. First, strengthen your core. So like doing planks, you know, doing like uh, sit-ups, that kind of stuff, all strengthen your core. But also just getting your hips up. Hips and core are so important. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, can be a little bit tight here. But w- what, what we could do here, what an ape crawl is. And, uh, you know, just put your hands on the ground here. And then we can just kind of so hop so forward. So now we're on all fours, yeah. you guys. And we're on all fours, and you can basically hop forward and bring your feet forward like a, like a frog hop. And, and then like that, yeah, that's, that's so an A hop.
0: So I'm kind of on all fours, almost like in a crunched down dog and then jumping back into essentially yeah. a squat, like a yeah. flat-footed squat.
1: And so you can do that frontwards, backwards, and you can actually do it to the side back here and this is how you can start moving like an animal moving like an ape and it's amazing if you just start moving like this as your warm-up or even as your workout yeah you will be so much more functionally adapt than you know any guy that you know is a gold (laughs) gym bodybuilder you know like this is is so functional
0: i turned the air off in here you guys because (laughs) i don't want it i didn't want the buzz to interfere and now i'm going oh my god i could use air it's crazy though you can tell like You know, I try to squat here and there, and I, you know, I do some functional movement kind of stuff at um, my brother's gym that I told you about, Story Fitness, and, you know, he's getting me there. But sitting in a flat footed Scott, even for this long, like I'm starting to sweat and it's fatiguing me, even though technically I'm not doing anything. And I've seen guys that are like, you know, kind of like, and I, I don't mean this in a disparaging way. God bless them, and I wish I had abs and huge biceps and stuff. But like your gym rat muscle guy, and I'll see like someone like my brother, like cool. Let's just take a look at your joints. Let's let's see your squat, and they can't even do a flat footed squat, and they've yeah. been in a gym every day for 15 years.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so easy
0: to miss these basic fundamentals. You know, and like you know, B stands for beast crawl, which is
1: kind of like a bear crawl, and then C is a crab walk. So, you know, those, those three, you know, the ABCs of animal flow, start moving like an animal, you know, do, do ape walks, uh, bear crawls and crab walks, uh, you know, like as your movement for the day, make that your workout. That's how you become more functional. Yeah. It's, it's not like uh bench pressing, you know, it's, that gives you strength, of course, and strength is important, but uh, I do a lot of training with a guy and his name is Mike Fitch, who started animal flow. And check it out online. It's cool. awesome. Really, yeah. Cool we'll definitely
0: put it in the show notes. Too. Yeah,
1: and then I, I train with a guy named Modern Tarzan. Check out Modern Tarzan on Instagram, or we have a website called NinjaTarzan.com. I go by Ninja or Spirit Ninja, and he goes by Modern Tarzan. And and he is uh, you know he's also you know finalist on American Ninja Warrior and you know top parkour athlete and incredible mover. And you know people always ask him like what do you do to train or you know ask the both of us what do you do to train and you know he's like well i climb things like what do you mean he's like oh i climb like street posts and i climb trees and you know i roll around and i do acro like that's it yeah you know he's he may he was one of the top 10 ninja warriors this year and he doesn't do any ninja training he just literally climbs he, any he, and he moves and wow. like and, and like You know, does does a little bit of jogging stuff, but really it's just climbing things. Like, go climb. Anything. Go... Definitely go to a rock climbing gym. You know, if if you've never, you know, like it, for for safety reasons, like it's it's padded and you know that there's classes and stuff. But like, go climb outdoors too. You know, it's like you know once you feel comfortable that you can you can grip. Like, but I mean that a lot of stuff we just we just climb and play. Like, a, a lot of our progression is playing and jumping and, and moving. And a lot of the stuff that you see is like you know we're just like oh I wonder if I could get up to that. Okay, cool. You know like and it teaches you how to move. Like functional movement is like is is getting on top of okay, hey, can I climb up that ladder? Can I climb up that tree? Can I climb down that tree? Can I climb to the next sprint? You know, it's like, can I, can I I? wonder if I can get on top of that car. You know, it's like those types of stuff. You know, it's like, you don't have to go to a gym to work out. You know, you can make your lifestyle a movement.
0: Yeah, something that's interesting about that too, uh, in relation to something you said before, is the complexity of movement. Where mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, swinging these things in two different directions while you're balancing on a board yeah. and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. That that makes really good sense to me too, because it's like. And having an environment that's totally random, which you don't have in a gym, it's as unrandom as you can get, right? Exactly. And and again, this is not like a this is better than that paradigm. I don't even believe in that. It's just, hey, let's expand our awareness about the possibilities of what improves the human body. But I like the idea of nature because there's no right angles. Nothing's ever the same. You climb two trees. They're infinitely different. It's like inherently built into that kind of training, if you could even call it that, is the complexity of movement and invariables that are constantly surprising your nervous system. Yeah. Because you have to do each movement in a different... There's no way to do the same movement twice. Totally. When you're not dealing with something that is, you know, straight up and down. Yeah. You know, it's just... It's really fascinating.
1: Majority of my training is I just go to Muscle Beach and what Muscle Beach has is they have pull-up bars, they have parallel bars, and they have rings and then a piece of grass and sand. You know, that's, uh, you know, I play on the rings, I play on the pull up bars and, uh, and the monkey bars. And like, you can get an incredible workout from just using those. You don't need anything really fancy. You know, it's, you know, you can do push ups and sit ups and you can just play around on monkey bars. And it's just like, how long can you hang with one arm? How long can you, you know, can you make your toes touch the bar? You know, can you have one toe touch the bar? Can you hang with one hand and take, make your toes touch the bar? You know, it's like, be curious with movement, you know, and know where your limits are, track them. Oh, okay. I can only climb up the ro- and there's a rope climb, you know. I can only climb up the rope three fourths the way or half the way. All right. Well, I want to make it to goal to climb up the top. I'm gonna to try to climb up a little bit more each time, you know. It's like that kind of stuff, and you know, positive progression is the key. It's not can you do it or not. It's can you be better than you were last week or yesterday. That's what's more important than anything else. If there's one takeaway you guys get it's positive progression. I didn't start doing all this crazy stuff. I literally started this movement progression when I was 30 because, because I was like this, I want to do something with my life. And, you know, it wasn't like I was, you know, this superstar from when I was like two years old. Like I did other sports for sure, you know, and I, I definitely achieved some success in, in movement, but it wasn't that until I set my mind to it. We're like, you know, I just, I know where I'm at right now. I want to, I want to get better. And That's the
0: only way that I'm able yeah. to build in discipline because it's really only been maybe the past year or so that I've I've made movement like more of a priority yeah. and it's it's paying off. But it's like if you don't if you're not able to track your progression, then it makes it much less interesting. And I, th- I think it's cool, at least there's a certain part of the population in fitness that's tracking progression, not by measuring their biceps, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or by like, how many packs do I have on the yeah. abs? But it's like, hey, there's this complex movement that I couldn't do six months ago, and now I'm smoking that, and then yeah. I'm able to do it faster, or I'm able to load a movement or something like that. Totally. So, I mean, that's the thing that keeps it interesting to yeah. me, because you know that, like in the functional movement space, I think when you're making progressions and you're growing – it's like you're able to do such interesting things and then you can stack movement on movement. Whereas like if you're just lifting, you know, a weight and you're like, cool, last week I could lift 25 pounds. This mm-hmm. week I can lift 35, that's cool. And that's yeah. a sense of accomplishment. But it doesn't necessarily give you the ability to do a lot of other things.
1: Correct. Better. It makes you stronger at lifting that weight. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah.
0: which, you know, again, I, I always I don't want to ever sound like, oh, this is better and this duality of like yeah. this versus that, but it's just, it's an expanding awareness around like what the possibilities are and the benefits of doing something differently.
1: Totally. And I have friends who are bodybuilders, you know, and I, I respect it as an art, you know, you're using your body to build it into something that's better. The,
0: there's a different goal. There's yeah. a different intention. And like they're if,
1: not, they're not trying to be functional. They're really trying to like be aesthetically, you know, uh, pleasing and, and, and sy- symmetric as possible. So like, I understand it, but it, it, it doesn't make you a, necessarily a better athlete you know, by, by any means. And so realize why you're training, you know, it's like, are you training for the, the abs? Are you training for, you know, the size of your, you know, you fill out a shirt or you're trying to be more functional, you know? It's like, you look at the, a lot of the Ninja Warrior top athletes and it's like, uh, you know, some of them are in good shape, some, you know, like aesthetically, some of them are not, but it's like, it's it's learning how to move is what's most important.
0: So Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I like the rewards of getting more command over my body and having yeah. just more agility and stuff because that's the way I've been training uh <laughs> under my brother's tut- tutelage <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time I look in the mirror sometimes and I'm like god man I want to like I want to be more ripped like I want to look in <laughs> shape because it's the first time in my life at 45 that I really committed to it so it's funny you do really have to set your intention. Like, what's your goal? Do you want, yeah. you know, do you have like a bodybuilder where you're looking for aesthetics and yeah. symmetry and things like that? Or do you want the movement? And I've gone the movement route, but I'm kind of like, oh man, yeah. like I almost want to go be a gym rat for a while and then actually see some of the the progress. Well, you know?
1: The beauty is, uh, you, you talked talk about this earlier, it's like uh, with yoga, you know, it's like if you're yoga, then you're super flexible and there's no strength and, you know, and or there's bodybuilding and, and there's becoming more, of a middle ground and a perfect example is check out a guy named Dylan Werner on Instagram or online. He's he's a, a good friend and he's added strength to yoga and he has a, a super strong practice and, and he's, you know, super ripped, super strong and, you know, do planches, handstand, push-ups, all that kind of stuff, but is also super flexible. And he's like, well, one of the people that I, I look up to, who's found a great balance of strength and flexibility or mobility, and uh, you know, he's he teaches all over the world and he's done incredible things. And it's amazing that you know that 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 is becoming and more popular. You know, it's like he's also be- he's grown to a pretty good size. You know, what I would call you know like uh, notoriety because of his, his discipline and practice and finding that space. And I think beforehand, people were not either paid attention to it or cared as much, but it's definitely very popular now. And, and it's, people are realizing that that's where they want to be. And so it's really cool. And he's got a bunch of videos you guys should download and check out. And,
0: that's a great resource. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it, I guess that's the thing. It doesn't have to be an either or. It can be no, a comprehensive. Absolutely. And you go through different phases where you're interested in different things. I'm curious about uh, other lifestyle things for you. Um, for example, something I've been doing for well, a long time, but in a much more committed, disciplined way is ice baths. Mm. Are you into like cry or ice baths or what What sort of healing modalities or enhancements are you into, if any? Infrared I, saunas, like any I, of that kind of stuff?
1: I love infrared saunas. Uh, ice baths are, 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 are great. I, I definitely have a heart. I definitely don't enjoy cold water, cold weather, cold anything. So ice baths, I... I appreciate them. I definitely don't do them uh, as regularly, but I do love infrared sauna. And actually, um, you are sitting on a bio mat, and I also uh, selfishly s- uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, sl- <laughs> I should give this to oh, the I,
0: guests when they sit down. But I'm like most of them would just freak out and would think it was just a weird heating pad.
1: No worries. I I sleep on a bio mat, and you know it has very much you know similar infrared sauna type qualities that you can receive through a biomat and I, I think that that's very healing for me it's kind of warming up a lot of my joints and 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 uh, another one that people just don't really focus it's becoming a little bit more in conversation and mainstream now but rest sleep like that you know we, you touched on this briefly but like sleep is so important it's something that we like as a culture didn't really talk about for for, for a long time. You know, but like sleep culture is huge, you know, and like getting the proper rest and the proper restoration. And also, like, more than ever now, I mean, we're at the Longevity Conference. So there's a lot of people who are paying attention to healthy food, but there's still a lot of people around the world or, you know, even in this country that like, you know, healthy food is like Subway versus McDonald's. And that's not the answer. You know, it's like there is some real health benefits to eating organic whole foods, you know, or, or following a plant based diet. Like, it will do numbers for your, your longevity and for who you are and how you move. Like, it's like eating those things will completely change your, like, mental, like, makeup as well as how your body, like, reacts to things. And, like, it's like, it's, I, I would argue maybe the most important decision I ever made was going more, like, you know, plant-based and organic-type foods Completely, you know, and like getting rid of, you know, poisons that go into people's bodies, like, you know, alcohol and, and other like, you know, smoke and all that kind of stuff that goes into the body, you know, think why do you do that? And why do you put it in your body? And is it really good for you? You know, there's other ways to, to fuel the body. So,
0: what kind of food program are you on? So, when you say, like, if someone asked me what I eat, I would say, uh, I, and I coined this again for my friend Daniel, uh, a conscious omnivore. Okay. I ate a little bit of everything, but. Yeah. Without being controlling and totally psychotic about it, but I'm definitely not going to Costco and getting some, like, you know, (laughs) like factory farm raised beef or something. That's not gonna happen unless I'm starving to death and stuck somewhere in a foreign land but I would mostly consider myself as like someone who eats plant-based but when some people say plant-based they mean vegan to me plant-based is like the majority of the food is coming from a plant although there are times like I have on my shelf over here some sardines from Portugal that have eaten plants and become sardines you know it's it's very low on the food chain and it's you know in terms of seafood it's safe and has a lot of DHA and omega-3s and all this kind of stuff so there are animals mixed in but inherently it's mostly plants whether that's coconut oil or this or that so what do you find works for your blueprint of a body the best?
1: You know, we were talking about Rich Roll earlier, and awesome dude. And uh, I did his podcast, and was so turned on by veganism. I actually was—I went vegan for a whole year, and really appreciate the practice of eating vegan. Um, I didn't find that it was completely optimal for the performance uh, as an athlete. Uh, but I completely respect it from an energetic standpoint and for our planet and,
0: you know, consumerism and that kind of stuff. Uh, what did you find lacking? I'm, I'm just curious because I was a vegetarian myself. I never was vegan mm-hmm. for an extended period, but I was a vegetarian for 10 years. Yeah. And- I don't even want to get into what happened to me. It was not a healthy choice for me personally. But what did you find in terms of your performance that was missing? Was it energy, or were you were you low on certain nutrients, B12, or this or that? Like, what was your body telling you? Where you said, "All right, I need to incorporate some animal foods." And what are those foods?
1: Yeah. So basically, my, my energy level was low, and I felt my recovery time wasn't quite as fast. But now I've I've started eating eggs, and I eat fish, and that has kind of switched up and give me all the energy level that I need. it wasn't like I was deficient in like I think you know b12 or, or one type thing it's like a lot of these things I was you know I take vitamins and you know I I do love sun warrior protein and plant pre- proteins and that kind of stuff so like incorporating my my replenishment from that but uh it's just at the end of the day listening to my body And I don't want to be categorized by one thing or limited that I can, I can't do, you know, it's like if something is made with, you know, an energetic, you know, like reason as like as a gift or as, as doing something, it's like, it's kind of the same way I feel about alcohol. It's like, I don't enjoy drinking alcohol at all, but if I'm at a wedding and we're toasting and it's, there's a glass of champagne, Sure, I'll do it as ceremony. And I I would do the same thing if I'm eating meat, if it's a part of a ceremony or a part of a ritual of some sort. But it's like I don't choose to eat it as a daily practice to, to fuel the body unless it's fish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, you know, there's people get so dogmatic about the type of food that they eat. And I know I've been guilty of that, you know, for years on end probably and have just recently in the past few years kind of become a a little more forgiving of myself and other people for whatever path they're on. But I really do think not only is each individual body different and has different needs. But that those needs change. It's like, oh, totally, yeah. you know, I'm on that right now. I was just doing another recording earlier, and I was talking about how um, I'm just obsessed with wild blueberries. Every night I eat like a <laughs> full thing of wild blueberries. Yeah, And I'm just craving it and craving it. And then I had the correlation the other day that my eyesight is really starting to go, My like my long-distance vision. And then someone's like, oh, well, you know, berries are the best thing for eyes. I'm like, there you go. My body's like, yeah. I'm Listen. curious about like fats, though, in terms of... Just metabolic energy for your training because yeah. the stuff you're doing is very vigorous. I find on a high fat diet that I have a lot more stamina for physical activity. Are you where are you at with like fats and what fats do you feel? I, I make love good I feeling? love
1: avocado. I like I mean I eat avocado almost every day. You know and like getting fats from that and um and, and kind of what we were saying is like I I, I think what's more important. It, it's so funny like in this culture today it's like do you eat meat or not? You know I think who really cares if you eat meat or not? I think what's so more important, like fried food, you know, that's what, you know, it's like choosing to not eat or not eat fried food and watching your sugar intake. Those are the things that are like invaluable lessons. It's like, I think I could be just as optimal eating meat or not, you know, like I choose not to for like, I don't know where my meat is coming from and uh, you know it could have been slaughtered in the you know in inhuman, inhumane way so that's why I choose not to eat it but for human performance reasons it's like it's like eating those like fried foods or eating those sugars or eating those candies or eating those like candy bars and that kind of stuff that's what's so terrible for the body you know it's just like I can't you know it's like what should we eat for dessert those things sort of the things you know it's like you can you know you can be vegan all you want and have a terrible diet like it's, <laughs> it's like like I see all these people like I eat vegan but like you know they've gained like Twenty pounds. It's like, yeah, you eat vegan dessert all day long. You know, it's like, it's a no-brainer. You know, it's like you have to be <laughs> you need to be smart
0: about like get a well-balanced whole meal. You know, like yeah. So well, I think this is you just kind of described my years as a vegetarian, and I always say like how sick I was and yeah. how many physical problems I had, and it wasn't necessarily because I was like having a meat deficiency yeah. per se. It's just that in order for me to get full and be satiated, I ended up eating a lot of inflammatory foods like beans and legumes and grains and very carb-intensive and yeah. super high sugar. So it's like, no wonder my body fell apart. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that I was a vegetarian. It's just the foods that I yeah, was eating. Exactly. And I was eating organic and all that. I mean, I was yeah. a conscious eater, but I just lacked some fundamental um, intelligence about what foods do what to your body but, on that spectrum. Yeah. you know, But it always is in flux, and I think we're all kind of... Learning that at different times the body yeah. needs different things. They and,
1: listen to the body. Yeah. yeah, and it's like
0: you. I mean, listen. You have to avoid seed oils. You have yeah. to avoid those rancid oils. You have to avoid. As you said fried food, yeah. refined sugar. We well, don't have to do anything, yeah. but I think in order to be optimal, eventually that shit's going to catch up to you. Yeah. Whether you're into fitness or totally. health and wellness in general, there's those huge ones like aspartame, MSG, Oof. food additives, colorings, and what's crazy is, dude, a lot of people I find are still you know pretty conscious. People that, you know, that are awake in many ways, they still, like I see them eating things and I sit there and go, oh my God, you don't even realize like you're eating something that's like, you go going to Whole Foods, everything's canola oil. Yeah. You know, it's like someone's like, oh, I got these healthy chips. I'm like, you know, I don't say anything, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sitting there going, oh my God, you have no idea like the inflammatory response you're about to experience after you eat that, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, like you, you're mentioning a lot just more about your inner life and your inner game and mindset. And I think ultimately that trumps... lot of this obsession about you know having the perfect diet it's like dude are you having gratitude are you um do you have some sort of meditation practice your sleep all those things right
1: yeah totally it's like it's like work on yourself like i think it's like so crazy that like in schools we you know we learn all these other things but like i think the most important thing we ever learn is like about us and you know so much of that is going to be through self-reflection meditation you know and, and like communication with yourself or spirit or whatever you want to call it like it's like what is it that like excites you empowers you what are your fears you know how do you conquer your fears like that's huge it's like like releasing them you know or working through them like that's some of the most important things you can ever learn
0: speaking of that say say you're on a show you're Mm -hmm. on your your ninja warrior show and you're about to be on camera in, in front of millions of people and You know, you're backstage, they're touching you up, they're micing you, they're doing whatever they're doing in the world of show business. What's your personal practice when you're afraid that you're going to fail, you're going to look stupid, you're going to be judged? Like, where do you go inside when you have the self awareness that that fear is taking place?
1: Like, on the show the first year, I was like, camera, what do I do? How do I act? What, you know, like, and and then luckily you're on an obstacle course and you don't really have time to think about it after you take like two steps. You're like, oh, shoot, I'm going to fall in the water unless I focus completely on that. So you kind of like, you kind of like, uh, you, you, you qu- quickly forget that the camera is there. But um, from that, it, you know, it's, it's it's uh, you know, you just got to be you. And I think like one of the things that I've learned being more on camera is that I, I switched the script. I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm here to perform and I'm here to be myself. And no matter how I end up, if I fail or I don't, don't be afraid to fail. I should only be afraid of not being myself or trying my best and Oh, you, that's
0: great that's a good tweetable right there you know that's and if you yeah. focus
1: on that then you really can't lose you realize that we have the in our minds we can set the parameters for what a win or a lose is you know it's like so many people in this world like oh i never i'm not winning until i have you know 20 million in the bank and i'm in living in this neighborhood and i got this kid in this car and it's just like or be grateful that you can walk to the beach and you can do a pull-up Then maybe you're winning then, you know, it's like, say you're like, oh, maybe the fact that the next day that I'm doing two pull-ups or the, you know, like maybe one day, you know, it's like, hey, I can go travel with my girlfriend somewhere. You know, it's like change your parameter, set your goals that you can obtain, you know, that they're a stretch, but you can reach them. And once you reach your goal, be like, oh, cool, I did it. Now what? I'm going to reach my next goal. You know, continue to progress, positive progression. Don't make them like, in goals, it's going to take you maybe 20 years or you die you know, make them like a goal that you can hit in six months, that you can work hard and you can hit them in a week. And then you did it. Have a little celebration and move on to the next. That's how you get out of the starter's box. The hardest part sometimes is just showing up.
0: Sage advice, my friend. Yeah. And I love something that you said in, in, in your first part of the answer there was that, it's like you're there to perform, right? So yeah. it's not about the result. It's about giving the performance. Yeah. And you're walking into a situation in which there might be anxiety, there might be fear. But if the intention is that you've, or at least if your mindset is that I've already won just because I have the, the wherewithal to do this and the courage yeah. to do it is one thing. And then the other piece that I hear is like, it's about not wanting to get something for yourself. Yeah. Cause that's where the fear comes is, isn't it? It's like, totally. okay, if they don't like me, if I don't look cool on TV, if everyone doesn't yeah. think I'm smart and sexy and, you know, talented and strong and whatever it is, it's like you're still there to get something. Whereas if you go into a situation and you just go, okay, I'm there. To, I'm there to give. Yeah, what well, can I contribute? It's like, it's like fear sort of evaporates. I, in that I'm not. Moment.
1: I'm not there to feed my ego. You know, it's like I'm not. I don't want to be a reality TV star. You know, I'm there to perform and hopefully inspire people to to go move. But I can also do that. By creating a YouTube video, I can do that through an Instagram. You know, it's like, I don't have to do this through a television show. You know, I'm grateful that I've done it. Of course, I go out there. It's like you, you watch it. I'm smiling the whole time because I'm there to perform and I go talk to the crowd. I'm not there to be the fastest. Could I be the fastest? I think I could, you know, or have a good shot at like winning at all. But that's not what my goal is. My goal is to make sure the other people are, are having a good time and as good a time as I am. And if you make that your goal, then you win. You know, if I fall in the second obstacle, but I got a smile on my face and the people cheer, I've done my job.
0: I love it, dude. I love it. All right. So as we come to the end of the show here, I want to ask you a three-part question. So you've taught us a lot about movement, about lifestyle, about mindset. You've been my teacher. You've been our teacher. There's a question I always ask every guest. And that is, can you give us three influential teachings or teachers that have helped you along the way that we might be able to go to you've mentioned quite a few people in yeah. the in the movement world but it could be a book a philosophy a person anyone uh, well, we touched on one autobiography of a yogi was a book that that's got- been mentioned. Rich Roll was on my show. Yeah, he, he said that, and then uh, Mas Vidal, another uh, an Ayurvedic and yoga teacher, mentioned that as well. So that's a common thread.
1: Completely changed my life um, in you know doing his lesson plans, and you know it's 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 not really a religion as much as a, a philosophy of life is is the way I would describe it most easily, um, and just. Find what your passion is for the world and share it through self-realization. Find out who you are and share it to the world. is is the is the one. Um, we don't even have to go into religion, but it's like that's that, that's the principle. Um, I think someone who's like I, I did a TV show uh, and became good friends with a guy named Tim Ferriss, and you know he's someone who just like studies, you know how to life hack or how to make things more efficiently. And uh, I think he's done some pretty cool stuff, uh, and and so I I like I appreciate his approach to trying to learn anything and everything, and you know he's, you know he's not afraid to start from the bottom and just just go, you know. So I think that he's definitely someone that's pretty interesting. And then an, a, another book that really was, conversation with God was a really awesome. I love book. that
0: book, dude. That's so great. great. Yeah, like, Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah, right? yeah. Neil Donald yeah. Walsh. Great yeah.
1: book. You know, I've read. Maybe a dozen of his books now, but like that first one was also a game changer for me. It's just like, oh, cool. That's you know? old school, dude. That old people school. don't talk about that book yeah. anymore. That yeah. was that was an old school but great book. That was like, oh, sweet. You know, and then another one, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, was just a, a personal one for me because it, uh, an ex gymnast who is like. Finds a more spiritual path and realizing that, like, you know, winning, you know, the, the Olympics or winning, the, you know, the, he was like, a, I think, a national champion in gymnastics, you know, like, but after years and years of dedication, realize, oh, that's not what makes me happy. It's really like your service to others, you know, and like finding love and how important love is. And like, you know, it's like that was a big takeaway for me. It's like, cool. You know, it's like shifting your
0: parameters of like what is success.
1: Awesome, man. You know? Thank you. Thank yeah. you
0: so much for the recommendations and cool. for doing the show. In closing, where can we find you? What do you want to promote social media, yeah. website wise?
1: Uh, check out travisbrewer.ninja on Instagram. I would love it if you guys followed me or just send me a message. Um, you know, I always love to hear what you guys would love, love to see more of. Um, that's kind of my favorite medium right now um, it's also my my url for my website is travisburd.ninja but also i'm super passionate about spreading positivity through movement and so i do that through my ninja pant clothing line and so that's pi as in pi pi movement.ninja is our url r.com, but uh, I prefer the dot ninja, and um, that one's super exciting. Um, I've teamed up with uh, this girl Jesse Graf. She's like the number one girl on Ninja Warrior right now. It's super awesome and a good friend. And we're going to make ninja skirts, or are called super skirts, and they're coming out really soon. So all the female uh, listeners, we our pants are uh, unisex, but also we're making uh, ninja skirts, which is pretty cool. And uh, I want the the vision for that website is really just kind of be a community hub for positive movement. And then we actually. The, uh, the the donation or the uh, proceeds go to uh, building more movement parks and we built uh, hand built a movement park uh, in Jamaica this past year and then otherwise um, yeah you can reach me through my website and that's what I like to do so uh, let me know what you want and I'll be coming out with some more like tutorial videos and that kind of stuff um, so uh,
0: just reach out to me on Instagram Awesome, man! Yeah. thanks so much for joining us Appreciate and, it, guys. Uh, until next time be well and keep moving
1: yeah thank you same to you
0: Okay, so are you inspired to get off your ass and move that thing? I hope so. Travis is a great guy and I was really happy to be able to bring this interview to you. And I've gotta say, since I did this interview with Travis, I've been finding myself hanging off trees, hanging off signposts, jumping around. Uh, Just today, I was actually with a friend out in Topanga Canyon doing some shopping, and I was waiting around for a minute, and I thought, you know what? Why am I gonna sit here and have my back hurt and my bony butt hurt sitting on this bench? So I just started kind of jumping around and doing squats and making an effort to move. So rather than having to go to a gym per se, I am practicing the principle of making the world my gym, and it's pretty cool. So if you know someone who's into fitness or better yet of someone that needs to get into fitness, but doesn't like being in a gym and wants to get into this natural movement that we talked about with Travis, do yourself, do me, do the show, do them and do the world a huge favor and forward this episode to them. I'm almost up to half a million downloads of this podcast at this point as we're coming into, I think about almost the year anniversary. This would be episode uh, 55 that you just listened to got 56 and 57, a two-parter coming next week, and really how this show has grown in popularity. I've done no advertising, no really any promotion of any kind other than just asking you guys, the listeners, to share it. So please do me a favor and continue that awesome trend. And speaking of next week's episode, I'd love for you to tune in on Tuesday and Friday for my interview with Anya Fernald, who's the founder of a company I talk about a lot, known as Belcampo. She is an amazing chef and entrepreneur in the realm of farm to table she has a farm up in mount shasta and has a chain of restaurants and it's just she's just doing super cool stuff so if you're into super clean food and meeting your farmer and knowing where your food comes from that's going to be a great couple episodes to tune into so thank you so much for listening and i can't wait to be back in your eardrums next week Hey, don't forget that you can now do your part to contribute to the Lifestylist podcast by going to lukestory.com forward slash support and offering a one-time or monthly pledge. That's lukestory.com forward slash support. Thank you.